Welcome back. It's me, the Susan Anime, and you are listening to Sloth Under the Sea with me. And we will be talking about movies, TV shows, books, fun holidays, everything from other countries to does this still hold up to this day? From, like, rub brats to, like, as told by Ginger, to Movie Monday, to True Creepy Things Tuesday, to whatever I feel like talking about because this is my podcast. And I hope you all will stay and listen to me and have some good old-fashioned podcast fun. And we'll try to stay as calm as we can. But let's get into it. And let's all have some fun listening. And you can also see me sometimes on YouTube doing my podcast as well. Okay, here we go. Hollywood giant who blazed a trail for women in front of and behind the camera and boy did she make us laugh. The 64 members of St. Louis Candid Durham and 
bugle corpse made a formidable sight. Marching with their trumpets, trombones, drums, and flags, the New York, New Jersey band blazed through the Hollywood, USA section of New York World's Fair. But the fire engine red wings, they were hinted that they would be more to the show than just music on the August day in 1964. For behind them, seated atop a white charitable blue Lucille Ball, the redhead centerpiece of Lucille Ball Day, the fairy fiery day-long feet for America's most beloved comedians, Lucia, waved and threw kisses, delighting the throne, snapping her picture. People were so thrilled to be in her presence, and she thrilled to a crowd, says Kathleen, Kathleen Brady, author of Lucille, The Life of Lucille Ball, the TV star, pressed her hands in wet concrete at a replica of Grammy Chinese Theater, visited a Lucille Lu at the Hawaiian Pavilion, and changed outfits a numerous of times during her visit to the World's Fair. That was the thing about Lucille. She had always needed people said Brady, when popular CBS News anchor Jim Jensen asked the star if she planned to sing one of sign one of her wigs done by the high school marching band, she re responded without missing a beat. Gosh no, do you think my hair is really that color? Nearly seven decades later, Lucia Ball Audience still thrills to the common, outrageous, heartful, and defeat plan punchline. She has been called a marker sister and madcap sibling of Gruncher Harper and Chicago and a comedic genius in the company of Chaplin. Caden and War Laurel and Harley. Gee, some of these names are hard to say. She touched audiences and cracked them up by portraying every woman with phantoms. Lemusia Richards, the middle class housewife who yarned for glitzerly fame, debuted in 1954 more. Lucia Ball Sissy 1960 at the time the I Love Lucia show came to an end she began her life without Diza Diza? Diza Diza Thousands thrilled to see their favorite star at the New York World's Fair on Lucia Ball Day August 31st 1960 Women on TV were primarily dressed their formative moms. American society back then largely frowned 
on women who pursued careers and sought to make a spectacle of themselves. Even on I Love Lucy, the main character's husband, played by Lucia Ball's real spouse, Cuban-born Ballin leader Deza Orens longed for a wife who would stay at home and care for the kids, not one who dreamed with ambition and could never escape a life of cooking and cleaning. Instead, Lucia seemed genetically programmed to tilt endlessly at society constraints with her restless search for fame, while viewers knew that every one of her schemes to make it big would come crashing down. It didn't matter. They just couldn't stop cheering her on, laughing and having a ball. Yet the show and several Lucia, Lucy sequels proved to be, be both groundbreaking and decently feminist. They perceivably included storylines dealing with issues like maternal tension, pregnancy, parenthood, women in the workplace, and the calmly felt augs of suburban life. Lucia and her neighbor Ethel Ethel presented a humorous yet realistic and loving female friendship. She showed me that female buddies like Lucy and Ethel were just as important and appealing as male buddies like Bob, Hoop, Hope, and Bing Cosby, says Brady. Lucia Richards, though, was not Lucy Ball. Whereas one was a starry-eyed optimist, the other was a clear-eyed driver. The actress with the baby blues dyed Rogered and hair an infectious laugh who paid her dues by taking whatever parts Hollywood statute doled out. Her furious work ethic, intelligence, and vision could not be contained. Bulge timing and masterly with with she unveiled in her movie and polished to perfection on TV were unique. There is never there has never been since a character or show quite like hers. Even so traces of Lucy's comic DNA can be detected in such programs as the Reese Company, Everybody Loves Layman, Steinfeld Ellen and Will and Grace beyond her on air brilliance ball was the co-founder with Arson of Dallas Productions which Revulsion Television I Love Lucy introduced the use of the multi-camera format for filming and the live studio audience both of these in Interventions became industry standards, without which such victims as The Honeymooners, Cheers, The Big Bang Theory, and countless others would have been very different shows. Dallas also pioneered another sample of TV as we know it, the reruns. 
soon after Lysias split from Deus in 1960 and assumed the controlling interest in Deus, she crashed through another ceiling. As the studio president, she became the first woman to own and run a major modern Hollywood production studio, and she successfully threw gumption and smart. She ignored the advice of others and gave the green light to what would become such enduring and influential shows as Mission Possible, Star Trek, really Star Trek, that's so funny. I oh, excuse me, I just started watching it and I haven't quite got it yet, but they have like lots of spin-off, lots of like reboots, like that show is still on till 2022. That just proves like that is pretty big, like that's huge. Personally, and by example, her career in front of the behind the camera in movies and on television has inspired generations of television, has inspired generations of female performers and businesswomen alike. From Carl Burnett, Lily Tomlin, Candace Bargen, Sherry, Deborah, Tina Fey, Amy Schooner, and many more. As her friend Burnett noted, she opened those doors for women to accept as executives. On the summer day in 1964, when they see visit the World's Fair, the star watched a complication of her work debut in Japanese, French, German, and Spanish. Completion. Sorry, I have allergies. <coughs> okay. Where was I? Completion. Uh, okay. The Globe appeared of her 1950s hit show and its sequel, The Lucy Show, which could be seen in 44 countries today more than 30 years after her death and seven days seven decades after I Love Lucy first appeared aired Lucy's ball work is still on your pies available online and on TV for devotees to enjoy and viewers to joyless discover as fans say every minute of the day Somewhere someone is watching I Love Lucy, and why not? She's easy to love. Ooh, there's something up here. Through this arch at 10 a.m. will pass the world's most beloved redhead Lucille Ball star of the I Love Lucy show for her celebration of Lucy. A day starting at Hollywood USA, 10:30 a.m. Enjoy America's favorite coffee. Oh, moments. Ooh. Okay, let's continue with Lucy. See Ball or I Love Lucy, star of Lucy. Unforgettable moments. 
with Lucia Ball. I love Lucy Star, the redhead everyone loved. From 1951 to 1957, America, who tuned into I Love Lucy, were treated to a half hour of unburdened joy through the antics of Lucy and Richard, Richie Richard, and their neighbors, Awful and Fred. Here are a few highlights. Job Searching. Season 2, September 15, 1952. The Richards and Mertes decided that the man and the woman should swap roles, so while Richard and Fred stay at home, where they fail miserably as house husbands, Lucy and Ethel take jobs at creamy candy kitchen. They don't fear much. They don't fare much better. And at the end of the day, are assigned to the candy wrapping department. There, the stern supervisor, played by Alina Alman, Aliva Alman, warns them, if one piece of candy gets past you and into the packing room unwrapped, you're fired. Needless to say, Lucy and Ethel can't keep up with the oh, conveyor belt and restore to stuffing candy in their mouths blouses and hats. To prepare for the episode, the actress trained at Seas Candies in Los Angeles. I remember that episode because a lot of people, like Drake and Josh did an episode and a few others, so like you've seen it if you haven't seen that. Like, I didn't realize that's where it came from. Season 3, March 29th, 1954. Lucia is green with envy after she learns that wealthy former classmate Cynthia Hardcore is in town and raising money for charity. When Cynthia hits Lucy up for a donation, Lucy puts on airs and she and Ethel unwillingly pledge to donate five not realizing that they each are committing to $500 each. Needing to make a quick buck, they take part in a public stunt for a movie. Women from Mars, dressed as invaders from the Red Planet, they showed up at the top of the Empire State Building, speaking gibberish, terrifying tourists from Kansas, make the papers, and earn 1,000 greenbacks. Mars had become a source of both wonder and fear during this period, with such films as The War of Worlds, Invaders from Mars, and Abin and Cecil Go to Mars appear the year before. Oh, this one is funny. This is the- I've seen other places do this one too. Okay, Lucia, Italy movie. Season 5, episode... Season 5, April 6, 1956. While visiting Rome, Lucia auditions for the film Bitter Grapes. Believing the movie is about wine making, she heads to the town of Toro to learn traditional methods. There, she climbs into a vat with a seasoned grape slumber. Lucia starts practicing prancing around the vat 
and accidentally stumbles into the other women who take offense and shove Lucia in return. The women wrestle, and before long, they are stained red. Once the fight started, the ladies was bent on drowning me in the water that filled the bottom of the vat. Recall the ball of the shot, which got out of hand. To create the scene, Lucia crew used grape stoned by California viners. The Lucia Ball, season one, February 18, 1952. Ricky is looking for a new act for his show. And of course, Lucia wants to perform, hoping to get a part in a ballet skit. She heads to a dance school to practice her plies, and she is put through the paces by Madame Lemond. Lemonade? Lemond. Not surprisingly, when Lucia attempts to practice on the bar, she becomes impossibly untwined. Lemond was played by Mary Wickers Wright, who had identically been could serve for the role of Ethel and would guest star on Lucy's later shows as Lucy Ryder, Melanie Pudge, no. When Mary came on, you knew you were in for a lot of laughs. Lucia Ball, season six, March 4th, 1954. The Richard and Martez have moved to the country and Richie is surprised by a high cost of living. Hoping to make some extra money, Lucy exclaims, we could raise things. Chickens, for instance, which Fred knows about from having grown up on a farm. Lucy and Ethel buy 500 chickens. <laughs> Before Fred has finished the Hen house, so they decide to keep them inside. It's not long before the chickens completely take over. The episode was inspired by the chickens that Lucia and Daze kept in the backyard. They were the oldest chickens in the world, recalled Pug. One day Lucy got up and did her impression of her older old chickens. We remember it and used it in this episode. It's kind of funny. Okay, The Freezer, Season 1, April 28, 1954, 2. Upset that the cost of bacon has rise to 79 cents a pound. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I just laughed because that, oh my, she would not have liked 2022's money. Oh wow. Like, how everything is even, like, the dollar store is now done a little or 25 cent store. Most things are, like, over the price. Even two books cost more than $40 nowadays. Gas prices are so high, people are debating if they should even have cars. In 79 cents is just kind of funny, because that seems cheap to me. And back then it probably wasn't, it's just so funny. And I don't eat meat, so I don't really know. So, Lucia decides it would be better to buy meat in bulk. As it happens, Ethel is able to get a free walk-in freezer from her Uncle Oscar. 
and retired butcher. They installed the enormous appliance in the basement. When Lucy accidentally orders 700 pounds of meat, the women become desperate to hide their mistake from their husbands. While trying to move all the beef out of the freezer, Lucia gets trapped inside and in no time is chalked in frost. Dr. Jess Oppenheimer came up with the story idea when he noticed magazines and newspapers ads for such appliances that in ice ice were fashioned by makeup artist Hal King who would work with Lucia into the 1970s. It is just kind of funny. Lucy does a TV commercial, season 1, May 5th, 1952. Lucia lands a gig as a pitch woman for one of Richie's TV episodes. The show's sponsors is the Tonic Oh Vitamin Vegan. I couldn't even spell this, this is so bad. V-I-T-A-M-E-A-T-A-V-E-G-A-M-I-N known to Lucy the energy elixir contains 23% alcohol and she prefers take after take of the commercial hmm. she I don't know that no one asked you anything I didn't even use her name that's really on she goes from behind visual to loopy the concept of the skit was borrowed from Red Skeleton who had performed it in Vandal and performed it in the 1945 film Zilfrod Files, in which he co starred with Lucy. Yeah, I think that's why they do spit takes now. They go spit it out. That's why they tell you to spit it out because you're doing take after take after take after take after take. Lucy and the Loving Cup, season 6, January 7, 1957. In his spare time, Des bred racehorses, and for his episode, he invited the Triple Crown winning jockey John Legend to guest star in the sketch. Ricky plans to present a loving cup trophy to Waldron. Lucy is excited about attending the banquet and rushes out to buy a new outfit, but when Richie sees her hat, he makes fun of it, commenting that she would look better wearing the trophy. Lucy jokingly puts the loving cup on her head where it becomes hopelessly stuck. With little time before the banquet is to begin, she and Ethel race to a silversmith shop to have the trophy removed. The quickest way there is by sublight, and during the trip, Lucy loses Ethel and the scene called for a lot of extras many of whom can be seen chuckling at the star's antics uh, because she has to wear something over her head because she doesn't want people to see her like that. It is kind of funny. Wishing upon a star, Lucia Ball came to Hollywood in 1933 determined to make it in the movies. She worked hard, harder than most any other actor or actress and appeared in scores of films. By the 1940s, she was America's undisputed queen of the B-movies, but she wanted more, much more.
Okie dokie, artichokey, it's time for an ad break slash sponsor. So I hope y'all listen and keep on tuning in because we will continue this conversation after our ad slash sponsor. I hope y'all enjoy this podcast today. And the sponsor and ad will be right back. I hope y'all enjoy this podcast please stay tuned because the ad is coming up soon and with the ad coming up soon i know y'all might want to skip it but you should at least try to listen to some of it maybe it's important i hope y'all tune back in for more of this podcast and i hope the ad and sponsor is a good one artichokey okay dokie artichokey ad break it's now Okay, we're continuing with Lucia Ball right now. Let's get to it, and let's do it. If I can find the page I was on. Ah, here we go. We are ready. Lucia arrived in Hollywood, a wide-eyed hopeful with platinum blonde hair, having dyed her chestnut brown locks when she worked as a high-fashion model in New York. Ah, so her hair was naturally chestnut brown. I think. Lucia Richards and her friend Ethel and Fred Montez are in Los Angeles at the legendary Brown Derby restaurant. They are hoping to catch a glimpse of the movie star. And every time they hear an actor's name mentioned, they jump up to look around. A waiter ushers William Holland to his seat in the adjustable booth. He's Lucy's favorite actor and her constant starring causes the Cadmore War Morning singer to turn the tables and instantly stare back. This so unsettling Lucy that she decides to leave. But as she gets up, she bumps into a waiter and the pie he is carrying lands squarely in Holland face. After Holland returns to the studio to clean up, he is introduced to Lucy's husband, Richard, who is preparing to film his new movie, Don June. Unaware of what happened at the restaurant, he invites Holland to his hotel to meet Lucy. When a horrified Lucy learns that Holland is in the room, she disguises herself by fashioning a large nose from putty. The material thought is flammable and catches fire when Holland lights his cigarette. Cigarette? Only then does he realize that she is the woman at the restaurant. So, as not to embarrass her in front of Richie, the gentleman landing man acts like nothing had happened and claims that when he saw her at the restaurant, he simply asked the head waiter who was the beautiful redhead since he wanted to tell her that she should be in movies. Lucille cried out, You are just wonderful. Kisses him and properly faints. 
Soon after Lucia was born in Janestown, New York in 1911, her family moved to Michigan where her father Henry worked as a phone company lineman. Henry died in 1915 and Lucia opposite at the about six months old uh, her mother Dee Dee then returned to Jamestown. As a teenager, Lucy moved to New York and found work as a model for Harriet Corrigan's high-end boutique here. Lucy then headed to Hollywood, appearing in 1933's Roman Scandals, um, the part that launched her film career. Five years later, she landed a plum roll in Stage Door Bottom. Stage Door, starring Catherine Herb, Ginger Rogers, Alfred Marger, with Girl. Okay, let's continue. For the millions turning in each Monday night to watch I Love Lucy and savor the giddy travelers of the future housewife who acts like who aches for a life in showbiz, such high jinks were the pinnacle of a TV-watching week. There simply wasn't anyone else like Lucy Richard on TV in the 1950s, Lucia Ball, the actress who played her and who had lowered in Hollywood for more than two decades, was not the biggest thing on the small screen, but had become a big star as movies Legends like John Wayne, Rock Henderson, and Oris Wells, all of whom vie for a cameo on her show. For an actress who, from an early age, had dreams of life beyond the confines of her town, hometown, her moments had arrived. Born on August 6, 1911, in Jamestown, New York, Lucia Teresa Ball was the first child of Henry Doral Ball and Teresa Hunt. Henry worked as a lineman for the Michigan Bell Telephone Company and Teresa, who was known as Dee Dee, was a pianoist. Lucy loved her parents and enjoyed roughhousing with her dad, but he died of thyroid fever in February 1915. Shortly after the family had resettled in Wyandot, Michigan, as Dee Dee, a widow at 22 and pregnant, desperately tried to have her husband's remains prepared for the trip back home to Jamestown. She sought help from her grocer who agreed to watch after her daughter. The bubbled, blue-eyed, three-year-old child became the star attraction at Mr. Flowers Market. He let me prance up and down his counters, receiving little pieces my parents had thought, taught me. Lucia recalls years later, my favorite was hearing a frog run when I hopped up and down harping, then I gracefully accept the pennies or cards. Mr. Flowers' consumers 
would give me my first professional applause. Buck and James found Lucy and Dee Dee moved in with Dee Dee's parents. Fred and Flora Hunt and Fred and Fl Flora Hunt and that July the young widow gave birth to a son Frankie Henry Lucy and her brother remained with their grandparents when Dee Dee fell into a deep depression and moved out of the house. When she eventually remarried to Ed Patterson, a sheet metal farmer who decided it did not want children, he and Dee Dee moved to Detroit to find work. Once again, Lucy was left behind, this time with Peterson's strained parents. Lucy's happiness memories began at age 12 when Grandpa Fred bought a house in Kona, a tiny suburb of Jamesontown, returning the whole family including Lucia's aunt, Laura, and three-year-old cousin, Chloe. We all worked all the time. And we had chickens and penguins and pigs, and Lucy kept track of the house and all of the cleaning and some of the cooking, said Brother Fred. Bossy she was. In charge she was. Times were tough, but when not working or at school, Lucy would let Fred and Chloe in staging little dramas and comedies for anyone who would watch. Bitten by the acting bug, Lucy performed in school plays and at the urging of her stepfather tried out and won a place in the choir of the summer performance of the nearby C-H-A-U-T-A-U-Q-U-A instructions and a small part in musical at the Jamestown Menestead Club, Lucy thought, dreamed of larger stages beyond those of Western New York. Determined to launch her acting career, she made numerous trips to Manhattan in hopes of landing parts in villas, vandalos, and on Broadway. Didi was not thrilled when her daughter's efforts and sought to stop her acting as a alleged teenager and determined Lucy would continue her quest too. Lucia forth from the left joined a 1934 charity event when she as a member of the Golden Golden Girls played a mock polo match against the brunette Paramount Venter girls. The sportswoman used broomsticks in place of polo sticks and donkeys as their mounts. This page, Lucy was a child, learned to walk on stilts, made her way around the RKO studio. Speed limit five miles per hour, no exceptions. Okay, let's see. Lucia above, four from the left. One, two, three, four. Looks like she's like in a little. For my other brooms, that's so interesting. Okay. Ah, uh, boy. If I'd been tested, I probably would have never gotten it because I wasn't beautiful stopping or any of the things these girls wore. Lucy, on her first day on the set of 1933's 
Roman scandal. Lucia in 1938 horned her timing on the radio program like the Phil Baker show, a variety show that's where the comic and according Baker's presented skits music and what? Let's continue. That was really weird. Really weird. Okay. Breaking the showbiz when she was 15, the high school arrived in New York City with a suitcase of $50 sewn into her underwear. There, she enrolled in the Robert Mountain John Army Addison School of Drama. Wow, that is a name. But she didn't last long. According to her instructor, she couldn't dance or even speak properly. All I learned in drama school was how to be frightened, Lucy recalled. The rejection only stilled her determination and she continued making the 40 miles trip for Jameson to try out for parts in Broadway shows and Ziegfeld's Flossie's style music revenue. Fortunately, she was tall, pretty, and wildly and had in the ergo of Broadway a great set of gams. Really? That's kind of funny. Kind of weird. Okie dokie, artichokey. It's time for an ad break class sponsor. So I hope y'all listen and keep on tuning in because we will continue this conversation after our ad slash sponsor. I hope y'all enjoy this podcast today. And the sponsor and ad will be right back. I hope y'all enjoy this podcast. Please stay tuned because the ad is coming up soon. And with the ad coming up soon, I know y'all might want to skip it, but you should at least try to listen to some of it. Maybe it's important. I hope y'all tune back in for more of this podcast. And I hope the ad and sponsor is a good one, Artichokey. Okie dokie, artichokey. Ah, break it's now. Really, Gams? Gams? It's like, what, lakes? I think? I have no idea. It's just a funny word, Gams. <laughs> Sometimes I'm such a child because that is hilarious to me. Okay. Uh, eventually she landed a job as a mannequin for... Con- container Haiti Corrigan, the high-end dressmaker Bleach Lucy's chestnut brown hair showed her how to strike an elegant pose and taught her to behave with class. Lucy soon won a modeling gig as a chestnut field girl from the popular cigar company with her image featured in magazine ads and towering on a Times Square billboard. She attracted the attention of a talent agent who sent her to Hollywood. The movie muggle Samuel Goldwyn was preparing Roman Scandal, a 1933 musical fair starring Eddie Conturn, and he needed a dozen pretty young actresses to play sleazy girls. Lucy got a part, but admit it, if I don't, if I if I'd been tested, I probably would never have gotten it because I wasn't beautiful, zaffing, and any of the things these girls wore. 
clutching her six-week contract, Lucy arrived at Samuel Goldwyn Productions. There, she was handed a brief bathing suit, and as the five-foot-seven, hundred-and-eleven-pound performer feared, she found herself surrounded by volunteer models. Needing to be noticed, she took some creepy paper for her purse and placed pieces on her face. When Kenner saw her, he couldn't stop laughing. Mark's Bros Room Service I have no idea why my thing is freaking me out right now, but that's a whole different story. Okay. Even so, she learned the ins and outs of Hollywood and took whatever work she could find. She appeared that same year in Broadway through a keyhole in Blood Mary and won Golden Execution Note. She was one of the dozen of girls at the studio waiting for the opportunity. The difference was that she was a worker. That and Jesus, that what energy, eager to have her family with her, Lucy sent for Dee Dee, Fred, and her grandfather in the spring of 1934, hoping for more than an uncredited part. She signed with Columbia Pictures and earned a role in 1934's The Little Pigskins. I didn't know what I was getting into, she said of the Three Stooges rug. Slapstick which included the trio of Larry, Curly, and Moe hitting her with pies and dousing her with seltzer, but the comic abuse paid off with her first film credit. When Columbia cut back on its contract, Lucy moved to RKO Pictures, appearing in 1935's Roberta and 1936's Flower the Fleet with Ginger, Rogers, and Fred. Rogers found Lucy to be a laugh a minute, and Lucy honored her craft at the time. Lucy honored her craft at the acting school run by Rogers' mother, Leah. Lucy's facility with comedy brought her strings of stock Hollywood parts. Nothing was beneath me, she admitted. I'd scream, I'll yell, I'll run through the set. I'll wear stringy clothes. It worked for Lily Pones Jacks. Lucia in Pink started opposite the Mark Brothers and Ann Miller in 1938's Rome service in which she played Christina Marlowe as an aspiring actress helping Gertrude stage the play hall and farewell. Two years later she played a through less star named Bubbles and Dance Girl, Dance with Lewis and Mary above rope. Oki and Jeannie Raymond, 1936 film. That girl from Paris got poor reviews. The New York Daily Mirror favorably signed a signal out Lucy. Miss Ball plays it quite straight in testifying the com comedy of each disaster. She rates thereby more conspiracy role, conspicuous roles and more 
and Tench Promotions. She is a comedy medium, which is always fun find. She was soon leading the life of a successful actress, earning a thousand dollars a week, dating such actors as Jack Crawford and was named Best Dressed Girl in Town. Lucia's big break came with 1937's stage door. She nabbed the role of Judy Canfield, the wisecracking member of a group of aspiring actresses and appeared alongside Catherine Harpern, Alfred, and Rogers. This led to a part in room service with the Marx Brothers and leads in Go Chase Yourself, The Affairs of Annabelle, Beauty from Askin. Since Lucia couldn't get cast in the previous pictures she craved, the woman dubbed the queen of the B-movie starring started doing radio work with Jack Haley, the Wizard of Oz Tin Man on his Wonder Show and with Phil Baker on the Phil Baker Show. She later acknowledged that the medium of radio helped her shape her skills. This gave me a name in the trade as a good venomous foil. I could flip a comedy line, which a lot of the actresses couldn't do. In radio, I couldn't depend on props or com most costumes or makeup. I had to rely on timing and tone of voice for comedic effects, and this was invaluing training. While she was on a visit to New York, friends suggested she take in the popular Richard Rogers Lunar's Heart musical Too Many Girls. She found herself unimpressed by the show, but she couldn't help but notice a performer on the stage named Diaz. Diaz played the part of Manulet Manulito. M A N U E L I T O a football player. The moment he started singing Tempt Me Not. Lucia admitted I couldn't take my eyes off the Diaz. Orange striped football jersey hugged his big shoulder and chest, while those narrow hips and tight football pants swayed to catchy rhymes of the bongo drums he was carrying. I recognized the kind of electrifying charm that could, that can never be faked. Star quality. Lucy toyed with the idea of arranging a meeting with Diaz, but instead headed back to Hollywood. There, she started filming Dance Girls Dance with Maria O'Hara. In it, Ball played bubbles at tough burlesque dancers. She also landed a part of Connie, a wealthy code in the movie Various of Too Many Girls. George Abbott had been picked to direct and one Lucia saw him in the studio. She went over to say hello. Diaz was there too, repeating the role he had played on the Broadway. The director entered introduced his two stars. Neither looked their best. Lucy dressed in a grungy gold lineman dress sported a fake black eye that the makeup department had applied for a fighting scene. 
Diaz had dirt all over him from his shot. Shoot. He found his new colleague unimpressive, saying she looks like a two-doll whore who had been badly beaten up by her pimp. But after Ball and Diaz cleaned up, Diaz was stunned when he spotted her at rehearsal. Man, that is a hunk of a woman, he said to a colleague. She sure doesn't look anything like she... Lucia, she fell in love with him and his accent and his dark, dark beauty. Fellow actor John's of Lucia and Diaz meeting on the set of 1940s Too Many Girls. Lucia and Diaz met during the filming of the 1940 movie Too Many Girls, opposite with Ann Miller. Two years later, Lucia appeared at Gloria in the Big Street. Here she is seen in rehearsal in which Lucia gave what she saw as her best performance, Life Magazine was similarly impressed. Writing Ball's performance is superb. The girl can really act. Okay. Did this morning. At the dinner for the cast and crew at a Mexican restaurant that evening, Diaz and Lucy split off from the rest of the bunch and chatted quietly while the others headed to the dance floor. As co-star Ann Miller noted, it was like the instant kiss doll, you know, instant love. Diaz Alberto Anores Dia Acho Third was born in San Diego, Santiago, Cuba. Wow, I can't pronounce anything. On March 2nd, 1970, the son of a wealthy politician and doctor, the family owned ranches, and his grandfather confounded the Braham Rum Distill. Dio's father planned for his son to follow him into medicine, but in 1933, Sagernet Francisco Barso seized control of Cuba in a military cup. Dia's father was briefly jailed and soon blend his family into exile in Florida. Life there proved hard for the Andersons. Dia's earned money cleaning, canning cages. And we'll stop there. Wow, that was hard to read. Okay, so I hope you all liked and enjoyed this. Um. TV stuff, stuff about TV. Lucia Ball was definitely a very talented actress. She could make you laugh. She could make you say, what the heck is going on? She was very good. She dyed her hair if she had to. She did what she had to do to pursue her dreams. And I hope I can do that. I hope I can be as good as her where I can pursue my dreams and do what I want to do and be ready. And I hope that if you can follow your dreams, go through the hoops if you need to, but not too many hoops. Nothing dangerous or sexual, but just like, do small parts if you have to. Do small steps to work your way up. I hope you have a great and wonderful week, and if you want to check out True Creepy Things and True Crimes, check out my Patreon. Hope. Bye for now.
Okie dokie, artichokey, it's time for an every class sponsor. So I hope y'all listen and keep on tuning in because we will continue this conversation after our ad slash sponsor. I hope y'all enjoy this podcast today. And the sponsor and ad will be right back. I hope y'all enjoy this podcast please stay tuned because the ad is coming up soon and with the ad coming up soon i know y'all might want to skip it but you should at least try to listen to some of it maybe it's important i hope y'all tune back in for more of this podcast and i hope the ad and sponsor is a good one artichokey okay dokey artichokey ad break it's now I hope you all like. You can check me out on Facebook, YouTube, TikTok. I also have another podcast. I hope you all enjoyed this podcast. Bye for now. Over and out.